Today's soundbite on Right at the Fork is brought to you by Upserve, the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based restaurant management system. You know, I didn't know this, and I was happy when Upserve got in touch with us to tell us that already 8,000 restaurants across the country use their analytics and point-of-sale solutions to run smoother operations and, very important, exceed guest expectations. That's right. Using Upserve, you can find out which menu items are driving repeat business. You can use it to measure staff performance. Upserve serves up only what you need to know to manage your restaurant. And again, back to this cloud-based thing. Think about it. Something happens at the restaurant, you could lose everything. But on the cloud, you don't. Right. And it's also something you can check from afar. Mm -hmm. It's not something... Uh, that you have to do while you're at the restaurant. So busy restaurant owners, we know they are. Certainly that's a benefit. Mm -hmm. So you want to visit Upserve.com, and while you're there, you'll see a little video that'll show you how you'll benefit from this. And then you can get some reduced pricing when you tell them that Chris and Court sent you. So again, Upserve.com, very cool business, and we're happy to have them support our podcast. That's right, and it's also supported by the Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club. Mm-hmm. We love them. They've been with us for quite a while now. They have been, and it's uh, it's this great app. You put it on your phone, whether you're an Apple person or an Android person, they've got it for you to get you exclusive uh, d- details on things going on. Sometimes some benefits are involved in that. And there'll be more and more restaurants as time goes on. Right now, they've got a really nice roster of restaurants where you check in, mm-hmm. you give them, when you, get a, when you pay your bill, there's a, a number on there, you insert it. And then you're automatically in line to get some uh, some notifications of some benefits that you can derive. Free pizzas, uh, happy hour specials, that yeah. sort of thing. We're talking places like St. Jack, Loyal Legion, Hamlet, Oven and Shaker, just to name a few. Yes, just to name a few. And there are a few restaurants in Portland, but may as well take advantage of Chew Dining Club. That's right. While you're at it. So get it on your phone today. It's the Chew Dining Club. Back again for Right at the Fork Soundbite Edition. It's uh, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures, along with uh, me. I'm Court Johnson from 1019 Kink. And uh, I'm excited. We, we've got a guy back. He was number two on the original Right at the Fork. Yes, the second. Yeah. Not number, yes, the second. That was when uh, you couldn't get yes. big names. You had to, like, <laughs> you know, drag I, the bottom of the barrel. Who can we get that's, like, really desperate? Uh, hey, that Zookin, he'll do it. <laughs> No, I don't think that was the thinking. If, if I remember though correctly, Nick, you almost didn't come in. You had so you had stuff going on at your restaurant oh, right. you that were day. Nice you were to like, come in. You, you were, were crazy. Like, you're like, I almost didn't come in today because. But you that had could some have been stuff. any. That could have been any day. True. It could be any day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. People like, hey, can we make an appointment for next week? No, you can call me that morning and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So officially, Nick Zukin from Mi Meramole and also uh, his blog. You're one of the original food bloggers in Portland. Uh, I think mine was the first, like, dedicated food blog. There were some people out there like uh, uh, VJ Bochamp who was doing, like, food blogging as part of other, like, community blogging. But I think mine was the first one to, like, just do food Portland in Portland. PortlandFood.org. No, that was, that was the message board that I did actually before the food blog, uh, ExtraMSG.com. Oh, ExtraMSG is the yeah. blog. Which are I've you, oh, since taken that? down. I was going to say. No, yeah. you know, Facebook has pretty much replaced food blogging, that's, I think. That's what I follow. We were talking on the on the walk here into the studio 
I was talking about Nick's current quest to find the best. It's the Chili Riano burrito. Is Chili Riano burrito. Yeah. Yep. What is I? You know, all, I love Chili Rianos. Yeah. I don't Rianos. I don't love burritos. I'm not a big. I'm. I'm actually not a big burrito fan either. I don't, usually will only eat burritos if I'm in like uh, northern Mexico or somewhere where they, you know, they're traditional to the area right. and they make fantastic burritos. I mean, the best tortillas in the world are in Sonora. And, I'll eat burritos all day there, but well, I, I went to school in Tucson. They had some pretty right. good so tortillas. Right, so you're gonna, yeah. There. In fact, so probably some of the best tortillas in um, in the United States are still in Tucson. So. Yeah, they were great. Um, Did you go so, to a, was it Anita Street Market? Did you ever go there? Oh man, this was a few years ago. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they I, make like giant that, eighteen inch uh, tortillas that, where you can see your hand through them. They're no, so I thin don't. And yeah, nice. well, we had some really thin ones. We were living on. My ex-wife and I, girlfriend at the time, on cheese crisps. Oh. Uh, just <laughs> frying those babies up all the time. Mm. So they were great. So you've done, speaking, you do your research. And that's what's behind what I think is really special at your restaurant. You didn't just decide to do it. You've done a lot of research. You did a lot of research before you opened it. And you're still researching. If anybody follows you on Facebook, do you let anybody follow you on Facebook? As uh, yeah, anybody can follow me on Facebook. I I usually will only um, return a fan, friend request if um, there's someone either in the Portland food industry, someone in the Mexican uh, culinary scene, or someone I actually know. And like, I won't even return it. Like, my wife will return friend requests from like anybody in high school and stuff. And it's like. You know, if we didn't talk in high school, I'm not going to return your friend request. I don't really give a shit. I'm going to tell all those folks that went to school with you in high school, they're probably just, they're not, you know, they're 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 just saving themselves a little annoyance. That's yeah, well, all. I had I actually had a friend who, um, who's ac- an actual <laughs> and friend. And I say like that a, with love. An actual friend from like elementary school, middle school and stuff. She came in, she lives in Alaska now. She came in to Kinney and Zooks back when I was still uh, running Kinney and Zooks. And sat down, you know, I bought her some beers and stuff, and we hung out for an hour or two. She, like, knew everybody from high school, what they were up to, who had gone to jail, who had gotten, like, pregnant, you know, all the kind of stuff that um, you hear about. And then she's like, so you're going to come to, like, I don't remember what reunion it was, 10, 15, whatever. It's like, mm, no. <laughs> you know, most of those people I didn't care about back then, they didn't care about me. I don't really, you know, the people who were my friends I mostly keep in touch with still, so... Yeah, and yeah. there's Facebook now instead of reunion. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my my really my twenty year came up, and I think yeah, I didn't go because I'm just like I see everybody on Facebook. There's there's not that big desire to find out how everybody turned out because you already know that that guy's in jail, that guy's a druggie. <laughs> then, but then there are <laughs> some people. There are some people who aren't on Facebook, and those so right. You, so you're going for those one or two people. True. Those, the those, the mysteries. Right. They're often the tinfoil hat crowd, though. It's like I don't want. You know, I don't want people knowing anything about They're me. They're off the grid. I just, I have uh, some uh, great friends from my childhood in visiting this week, and uh, we had reunion conversations just last night as why I'm not, this will be the first one I'm not going to, um, but it's across the country. It was easier to go when I was right. in Connecticut, so it's a bigger decision now. Uh, but at any rate, off topic, let's get on topic. We wanted you to share just some... You know, I, I've seen you be a critic of critics. So when people are saying certain things about s- certain Mexican places, um, you're kind of jumping on them as to whether it's authentic or whether they have good judgment. Um, and so we thought it would be nice to, for you to just talk about great places other than me, Marimole. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, to get off what you think is 
the most authentic, most delicious Mexican street food in the city. And outside of the, you know, we I saw Eater 38. Right. Or, or Eater's lists tend to be compacted. Yeah, yeah I made a, I was kind of interesting. I was, I was just looking at one of their recent lists, and I was like, well, you know, I think it was actually Eater 38. It's like, man, it just keeps condensing more and more into central Portland. It's like they're not even trying to toss a bone out to the west side or anything anymore. And uh, and so I started looking through like a bunch of their listicles, you know, and they've got maps for all of them, this map, that map. And all the general ones are really narrow. It's only when they like say, well, let's get all the fried chicken or let's get all the tacos or something. Then they have to search a little bit to get outside central Portland. But uh, it's it's really insular at this point and getting more so and more so. But, but, but the thing is, uh, and not to be, uh, but I think... Uh, 38 restaurants, you can easily find 38 good ones in a, sh- in a very short period of time. And I use Eater a lot when I'm going out of town, when I went to Austin, you know, that or Seattle. I, that's one of my main sources. And I don't need to venture. You know, I can't yeah, go yeah. to 38 Yeah, I mean, I restaurants. think it's worth looking at. I mean, when I go to a different town, I am. my first question is, uh, what makes this place special? What makes this place great? You know, if I'm going to... Uh, if I'm going to Austin, you know, I'm not going to be looking for Northwest cuisine, obviously. I'm going to be looking at, uh, you know, barbecue and Tex-Mex and whatever else they might specialize in, um, you know. And so I look at those things. I just, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like Eater 38 can, well, I feel like all the media can become kind of an echo chamber. You hear the same damn places over and over again, and they all want to hear the same style of places. And, you know, it ends up just... There, there's not real much effort put into finding what actually is the best. Um, it's just, oh, this these people say it's the best, so it must be the best, and we're going to say it's the best, and then they've heard that someone else said it was the best, and so it's the best, best, mm. best, best, best. Well, you know what, and I think that goes on a lot, and I think it's probably adequate for some people to go out and eat, or a lot of people, but you do it differently, man. You do some deep, deep research. So, for instance, on well, the chili you know, I, burritos... <laughs> People don't even aren't even thinking about them, but you're you've how many have you tested? So uh, I don't know exactly. I think somewhere around fifty. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I've just got. I think I've really. I mean, there's more out there. And I mean, there's a lot of taco trucks the, that probably have them. That I'm not. And the yet. third day you continued to. So the what? No, never mind. Just <laughs> two days. Ah, time. I get it. Um, <laughs> um, so all right, I, I I don't have you know I don't go out and seek that kind of food out a lot. I uh-huh. like it. I enjoy it. But the one place I do go on my drives around the coast is uh, Tacos La Providencia in Tillamook. Which I haven't been to. Um, I went to Tillamook recently, but uh, I don't think we got food there. I mean, usually when I'm on the coast, I am looking more for like, you know, who has good fish and chips, who has good shrimp cocktail. You know, it's the same sort of thing. What is the best thing you can get at the coast? The best thing you can get at the coast is simple seafood. Right. And so that's what I'm looking for is those simple seafood. I turned places. you on to a decent place. You've given me, given me some great places. The only thing that sucks on the coast is that, like, everything's only open, like, Thursday through Saturday. So I was there, you know, as a restaurant person, I have to go traveling on, like, Monday and Tuesday. And right. Then all these great places were closing. You're like, son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> next next time. All right. So uh, let's hit your list. Um, uh, and you don't have a list. I don't bring I love it. He doesn't have it. It's on all paper. by memory. It's all, it's all in his <laughs> yeah. memory. Well, I mean, uh, I think the main thing that people could um, do. Cheap, cheap too, it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I hardly have time to go out to any fancy restaurants anymore. I hardly go to any of the places that are on the Eater 38. You know, I go to places where I can get in, 
have a meal and get out um, relatively quickly so I can get back to the restaurant if I have to. I mean, ever since we've had two restaurants, uh, that's how it's been. But um, I think the main thing is to get people out of Central Core. I mean, there's some good Mexican places in the Central Core of, of Portland, and most people know about them. But I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in places like Gresham and Hillsboro, um, Woodburn, you know, those type of places. And and sociologically, you can see why that would be. That's Well, yeah, I mean, Gresham and Hillsboro are each about 20% or more Hispanic. Right. So, I mean, that's where people who are, you know, grew up with this food actually live. You know, uh, I, I would guess that Portland's going to get progressively wider as it gets more expensive. Um, and so... I think we'll get even less of that. We'll get more hipster tacos and less like authentic tacos, especially if we start losing cart pods where people can cheaply put together a place for authentic Mexican right. food. I mean, it's nice that, I mean, a, a good example of a place that's relatively central is the Portland Mercado. I mean, there are, um, I mean, all the carts are decent. Um, some of them I'm kind of so-so on, but a couple of them are fantastic. I mean, the Tierra del Sol cart, which is, uh, it's a family from Oaxaca, and they do stuff that you basically only find in Oaxaca or places with people from Oaxaca. They do tlayudas, which are these gr- giant tostadas, so they're like a pizza-sized tostada. Um, and then they, traditionally what they'll do is they'll rub what they call asiento, which is the um, fat leavings at the bottom of like when you make carnitas, so, you know... Um, basically slow fried pork mm. so you have those fat leavings that would be traditionally um uh put on there almost like butter on bread and then you'd put uh uh pureed black beans and then um cheese uh, lettuce or cabbage tomatoes uh whatever on top of that and then whatever kind of meat traditionally in oaxaca it would be either um sausage or uh tasajo which is a um Kind of like what people here call machaca, which is or carne seca, which is a lightly dried um, beef that's then grilled, and it's usually either lime cured or salt cured, and uh, and they put that on it. I mean, they do more of a traditional carne asada, but it's a really good one. So I mean, you have a place like that doing something that you can rarely find in Portland. Repeat that name of it again. Tlayuda, or the pl- name of the place, Tierra del Sol. Tierra del Sol. Yeah, and they also actually do the uh, Monday farmers market at Pioneer Square too. So they're there. And they do some other things. Like they use, um, I actually introduced them to the people who, uh, Three Sisters Nixtamal, the people who make uh, organic and heirloom uh, masa, so the corn dough. Um, they uh, they sell them blue corn, a uh, nice organic blue corn. Um, and they make uh, some other little things like, they'll do quesadillas, but they also do what are called tetelas, which are triangle-shaped um, foldovers stuffed with uh, puree black beans. I mean, they're the only people in Portland doing that. I mean, it might be hard to find that in L.A. I mean, it's just a great little thing that, you know, most people are going to miss because they're going to be looking for carnitas or carne asada. Well, cool. Something that I've never tried. Yeah. Get on that. Next. Well, right next door to them is uh, Los Alambres, which is um, a family from Mexico City, DFA. Um, and uh, they specialize in tortas. They make a great pambaso. Pambaso's a traditional Mexico City torta or sandwich. Um, the thing that makes it kind of special is that they dip the, uh, or for pambasos, they dip the bread in a chili sauce, in a red chili sauce, like you'd have enchiladas or anything like that. And so you dip the bread in that. Um, traditionally, it's stuffed with potatoes and chorizo, so sausage, and then you know sour cream or beans or whatever. 
and then you grill it so that it gets a little crispy on the outside. Um, they also do some fantastic other little things like they do a lombres, which, um, you know, tr- you know, any word that starts with an A in Spanish comes from uh, Arabic. And so an lombre normally would be a um, kebab, basically. And but in Mexico City, it's kind of evolved where it's like what you would take off of a kebab stir fried. So um, the most common one in Mexico City, you can get any meat would be al pastor, which is the uh, spit roasted uh, pork. Um, so you'd get that stir fried with onions and bell peppers and then usually melted cheese over the top. And then you'll get tortillas on the side and you just make your tacos out of that. It's a fantastic thing. My uh, my business partner uh, who went down to uh, Mexico City and I showed him around, that was like his favorite thing. He'd, he'd eat alambres all day. Um, and that's at the Mercado also. Yeah, that's at Portland <laughs> Mercado. Um, I mean, there's actually a few places around town that have that. I mean, there's more of that influence coming into Portland, more from central Mexico, not just northern and western Mexico. Um, but they do those, and they also do what they call a taco del barrio, so, uh, you know, neighborhood or whatever taco. And um, and it's very much the type of thing which you would see in Mexico City on the street, which is, you know, a small taco with, I think they do carne asada. They might do what would be called in um, Mexico City a campechano, uh, which is a mix of meats. In this case, I think it might be carne asada and chorizo. And then they top it with uh, French fries, which is a very Mexico City thing to do. I mean, a lot of the Mexico City taco stands, you have an option of topping your taco with French fries. Or, you know, steak and papas is always like... <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. When you said that, I looked immediately right at the court. And, <laughs> if you can take something that, you know, is good and then make it, like, I don't know... Make it with French worse, fries. Make it less healthy, that's I'm totally down. Do you hear about Taco Bell? They want to put Cheetos in their burritos now? No. Speaking no, of less healthy, and um, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I always find it remarkable how many, how many, how much shelf space Cheetos has, and that they must be selling all of that. It's just, <laughs> just find my eight year old. Right. Well, you know, and I'll sneak a bag she, once a she year. She bugs me not long I enough. Like uh-huh. a lot. But someone's just doing those every all the time. You had mentioned a place in uh, I saw on your uh, on your burrito hunt out uh-huh. in Hillsboro. And I'm out on the west side. I'm curious to know in Hillsboro if if you've got something on your list. Uh, Achoas, which um, is one of the few places in Hillsboro a lot of people have heard about because mm-hmm. it's been around for as long as I've been, you know, searching Mexican food in Hillsboro, so maybe as many as 20 years or so. And there's actually two Achoas. This is the one that's farther east on the main drag there mm. um, on Oak. And, uh, you know, it's gone through a couple of names, Amarano, Achoa. Um, Achoas, different things. But, um, you know, they've gone up and down through the years. I mean, I'd say about 10 years ago, they're maybe at their peak. I mean, they just like everything was perfect. But uh, they're back on an upswing, I think. Um, last time I went in there, just everything was just excellent. I mean, beans, guacamole, um, everything. Salsas were fantastic. I mean, some of the best salsas in the whole. Is that easy to get to off of 26? Uh, it's not too easy off of 26. You would take, um, uh, TV highway all the way up. And then, you know how TV highway curves up and then it loops around and becomes Cornell. Well, when it's going North South, um, it's right there. And you actually have two great places right across the street from each other. You have Achoas and you have Supermercado Mexico. Uh, Supermercado Mexico, um, probably makes the best, uh, Mexican breads in Portland area. And um, they have two locations, one in Gresham, one in, um, in, in Hillsboro. 
and uh, they have a all pastor spit. So they've got the you know the spit rotating, and they make pretty decent al pastor. They make these great enchiladas. Um, they always have these wonderful stews and stuff. I mean, that's a really good place. Their uh, their burrito wasn't the best. Their chili reno burrito is pretty sad actually. Achoas though was really nice. I mean the uh, the chili reno inside was really cheesy and nice. Their beans are fantastic, and that makes a huge difference. Tortilla was nicely grilled, you know. So I have to try that because I don't know what that attraction is. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna well, try you know, it's it's not ever been really on my favorite list. Um, but I have a good friend who um, is a foodie, and we go out a lot. But he's vegetarian, and so Mexican food can be a little difficult sometimes. Even though he grew up in in Texas, so um, he actually loves a a bean and cheese burrito with raw onions and green sauce. That's like one of his favorite things. But uh, we went on a trip, uh, my annual peach trip, where I go down and pick peaches in the Bay Area, and he went with me this year on that. And um, so we're driving all over, and we've got to find stuff to eat and. Uh, and so I'm always looking to compare Mexican food. So we're eating a lot of Mexican food. And that was one of the things that's always in California is chili reno burritos. So we started getting a few of those. And a couple of them were terrific. So I thought, oh, well, I'll come back to Portland. We'll try all the chili reno burritos. There's probably like 10 or 15 of them. No, there's like 50 or 60 of them. So <laughs> it just became, you know, this monstrosity. And so um, what about East Side out in Gresham? You mentioned a few. East Side, um, one of the places some people might have heard of but probably haven't been um, is Tortilleria y Tienda de Leon, which um, does actually similar stuff to what Mimero Mole does, which is guisados or Mexican stews. Um, they've been around a lot longer, though. They've been around for, you know, at lo- as long as I can remember. And uh, they um, do more northern style, so a little spicier than what we do generally. But uh, they do, they always have uh, chili rellenos, and they do a nice one. They, um, it's nice and cheesy inside, and they chop it up. Um, before they put it in, so it kind of gets mixed throughout. Sometimes when you're having a chili reno burrito, it can be just like in one part of the burrito because the burrito's so huge and the chili's not big enough. Um, they also have fantastic beans. I mean, having, you know, if each constituent part of the burrito is good, um, it's likely to make the whole good with a chili reno burrito. And with them, that's certainly the case. I mean, they have really fantastic beans, although both their black beans and their pinto beans are larded. So they're not vegetarian. They have a separate black bean that is vegetarian, which are actually still good too. But I mean, they're ones with larder. That's some fantastic. More. I mean, probably best beans in Portland. So absolute hands down, someone wants to find the best tacos in Portland. Where do you send them? Uh, honestly, I would probably like for meat tacos. Yes. I just for like your to... your standard car- uh, carnitas and that sort of thing. Right. I'd probably send them to Taqueria Nueve. Um, you know, Taqueria Nueve was good in its original incarnation. But they weren't making their own handmade tortillas, and now they are. And the meats are just always really carefully done. I mean, they I think they use boar for their carnitas, so you get a little bit more flavor. They're nice and crusty, but still succulent. You know, their uh, cochinita pibil, which is a pit-roasted um, pig, is just really nicely done. It has just the right balance of flavor. Then you're getting a good tortilla. They have good salsas. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're willing to pay $4 instead of $2 for a taco— I mean, theirs are really nice um, for meat tacos. You know, I, of course, think we do good for guisados. Uh, Tortilleria Tienda de Leon does really good for guisados. But for those meat tacos that most people think of when they think of, like, taco truck or taqueria tacos, uh, Taqueria Nueve does a really nice job. How about how about cheap tacos? That's a $4 taco. We're a $1.50 taco. Where's the uh, best one? 
the, probably, you know, it depends on what you're getting. I don't think you can get good carne asada for cheap, really. You can get really good carnitas. You can get really good burria, which is either um, a goat or beef, uh, like slow cooked. It's basically barbacoa of, of goat or beef um, that's a little bit spicier. You can get really good versions of that around town. Um, you can go, uh, I mean, Ochoa's has really good ones. They make their own. Uh, De Leon makes their own carnitas. Um, Supermercado Mexico makes really nice carnitas. Um, and you can get more, you can get parts of the pig there, which is really kind of nice. A lot of these places, like Ochoa's only does what they call maciza, which is the normal parts of the pig that you expect. It's going to be like shoulder or something like that. But um, uh, Supermercado Mexico, you can get a kidney. You can get a liver. You can get a tongue. You know, you can get the skin um, and so on. You can get the stomach. You can get you can get the snout. So they've got all the parts, which uh, some of those parts are fantastic. I mean, I'm a big fan of buche, which is a pig stomach. Um, uh, chitlins, basically. You're talking about chitlins, but fried crispy. And, um, you know, I don't actually like beef tripe that much, but pig tripe, you know, I love. Huh. Uh, or uh, pig skin, cueritos, what they'd call in that case, uh, where they're uh, they're not crispy, but they're actually just succulent or really good um, or just normal carnitas. But you can get all the parts. And, you know, some people love, you know, kidneys or liver. I mean, and you're going to pay a hell of a lot less than you're going to pay if you go to one of the fancy restaurants in Portland for the same, you know, parts of the pig. So in 30 seconds, describe the difference between a hipster taco and a, an authentic, as you would call it, authentic. Well, I mean, I think the main difference is just one's traditional and one's not. But I think also... Um, you know, the hipster foodie uh, taco is someone trying to do a mashup. You know, they're trying to f- do what we used to call despairingly, you know, uh, d- uh, uh, fusion in the 90s, right, or the early 2000s. And now it's cool again, um, which, you know, sometimes it is cool, but I have more respect for someone who, like, is looking back and saying, you know, what does 300, 400, 500 years of tradition tell us tastes good? Right, but it doesn't mean that, that I guess that's what I, why I asked the question. It doesn't mean that, quote, unquote, that taco isn't delicious. No, no. It just no. means it, it may not be, as you said, it doesn't have the history behind it. No, it doesn't have the history behind it, but remember what that history entails. And that history how, entails it, it had a, lot a lot of trial of and error exactly. and people making sure that it tasted good. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of a lot of mothers and grandmothers and recipes passed down. And Exactly. I mean, right. someone can make a shitty traditional taco. You know, there's a lot of shitty authentic food out there. But I mean, um, but the base of it, I mean, there's a lot of, of history of people making sure that it tastes good. Um, to go on. Whereas someone just like, you know, playing around, Hey man, uh, this is the hip ingredient. I'm going to add it to this taco, which, you know, I've had like three or four times at a taco truck. So yeah, of course I can make it cause I'm a cool chef. It's like, I guess, you know, maybe you should spend, you know, a couple of weeks in Mexico working with people there who actually make this stuff. It's like, you know, Pablo Picasso made some pretty out there art. I mean, I don't know if anybody uh, has more styles of painting that he oh, yeah. basically did, right? But it, you know, he had years and years of real art training, you know, and ex- exploration to build on. You know, whereas a lot of these guys are like, oh well, you know, it's just Mexican food. I can do that. You know, I'm trained in classical French, New American, whatever. And it's like, you know, it's a different style. It's a different art. You need to actually study it and learn it and explore it 
um, before you just jump in. Well, and that's one thing that you have done really well. And so where can people find you? Because I know that if they want to get into a conversation with you about this, you are all, you're in. So your restaurants then, where are they? So, uh, Mimero Mole, I have two. One's at uh, Northwest 5th and Cooch. The other is at uh, 50th and Division, Southeast 50th and Division. And then um, they can follow me on Twitter at ExtraMSG, uh, E-X-T-R-A-M-S-G. And then uh, I'm on Facebook, and that's pretty much it. As Nick A. Zukin. Nick A. Zukin. And uh, and he will interact with you. And as a matter of fact, you can you can bait him into interacting with you too, pretty easily. Not that I would uh, I would condone it. It kind of sounds like you are. If you if you, Nick has an opinion or two, <laughs> just or two, right? Couple. Yeah, I mean, there's only a couple things I actually will talk about, but uh, you know, <laughs> okay. it just probably just seems like a lot more. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, thanks for I, I. This was I think one of our best sound bites. One of the absolutely one of the most educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sound bites, uh, you know, with support for what you're talking about. So appreciate your coming in, Nick. Thanks a lot. I know you're busy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Right at the Fork is supported by Upserve. Upserve is the cloud-based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it with Upserve. Visit Upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you are a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com. L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer, emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupan's has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupan's Markets. Love your food. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at rightatthefork.com. Yeah.